You're listening to the Heather Duplessis Allen Drive podcast from Newstalk ZB. Fact, rumour, scrutiny, suggestion. The Huddle. All right, The Huddle with us this evening. We have Josie Pagani, current affairs commentator, and Claire Delore, journalist. Hello, you two. Hello. Oh, Claire, I'm going to start with you because you know what? I think I can already guess what you're going to say. Are you going to pledge allegiance to the king? No, I'm not. And I suppose you I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked, Look, Claire. Why aren't you? Oh, I'm so sorry to shock you, Heather. Because I think if it makes people feel good and if they're very seriously committed to the oath they make, yeah, just go ahead and, and do it. Yeah. But I do think it looks, um, it looks a little bit like making a mockery of taking an oath. It's meant to be a serious thing connected to your citizenship and the like. And I just think it's a little bit like the clapping for carers that Boris Johnson got all these people going out and standing on their on their um you know, their hearts during the um during the pandemic and clapping for the the, the help the nursing staff and the like. It didn't make any difference to anything. And once it was over, discontent set in again. So I think maybe there's meant to be a feel-good factor in the UK. I can't see really what the lasting benefit is here. But if people find that it makes them feel good, go ahead and do it. Okay, Josie, are you going to do it? Only ironically, after several glasses of wine, if at all. No, I won't be doing it, Heather. I actually, I remember, because I was born in New Zealand, grew up in England, I remember the wedding of Lady Di and Prince Charles. And we, I was actually you know, at home with my parents, but also with uh, Sam Neill's father, Dermot, and he's a military man, and he made us stand up uh, and salute for a very long time as Prince Charles and Lady Di walked down the aisle of Westminster Abbey. Wow. And it was, it was, I've never felt quite so silly in my life. We stood in front of the TV uh, and saluted with uh, Dermot Neal. And uh, I certainly won't be doing that again. Good, I'm pleased to hear it. Okay, Claire, the Dawn Raid situation. I can't believe that we're doing this again. Can you? Well, I can because I think it's been going on, um, you know, d- despite everyone's best efforts and despite our delusions that this was over and done with. Um, quite clearly it's continued and I can't understand in the case that's been cited but I don't have, obviously as you don't have, all the full information that's required. Why are we deporting people if they have a job and they have children and they have a life here and presumably it's not in any way connected to anything other than overstaying? I really don't get why we don't have an overstay of amnesty give people time to get them, their papers in order and just see whether or not they qualify under yeah. the amnesty provisions to stay. To treat people like this is, is really such a bad look mm. and a shocking experience, far worse for them to experience than it even looks. Yeah. So I do think oh, it needs a yeah, spot on. And it just, it seems to me like how on earth could they do this after only less than two years ago, this huge public apology for the dawn mm. raids in the 70s? Um, all they seem to have done is change the word overstayer for, quote, customer. So, you know, the customers that we interact with at dawn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it, and it also shows a kind of mindset. Like if you really want to catch overstayers, 
so-called, then, but I agree with you, Claire. I mean, why not think more creatively about this? But if you did want to have a conversation with them, then why not get them and, and approach them when they register their car or pay tax or go to the hospital or whatever? There's a whole bunch of other ways that you can make contact with people other than turning up at dawn and frightening the bejesus out of their kids. Yeah, and, and to Claire's point, um, Josie, I think that there would be an appetite now for an amnesty, right, given we are so yeah. short on workers. We would be surely, if, if their only crime is not filling out the blinking paperwork, I think we'd be okay with sorting that out, wouldn't we? Oh, absolutely. We desperately need workers. I mean, this guy works in construction. We need construction workers. Yeah. Um, just look at the RSE scheme that we've got where, you know, the growers, the horticulturalists, the orchardists, they need the workers from the Pacific to come over here. So the idea that we're going to start, um, you know, treating people like we desperately don't want them when, in fact, we desperately do want them. So, yeah, help them sort out the paperwork and let's get on with the work. Good stuff. OK, we'll take a break. Back with you guys in just a tick. Josie Bagani and Claire Delaw are huddled. Back with the huddle, we've got Claire Delaw and Josie Bagani. Josie, what do you make of the ute tax? Is, this, is, is, is the opposition scoring hits on the government on this one? Um, I, yes, I think they are. And it's partly, and I'm sorry to get all class worry on this, but it's partly that they've kind of spotted the weakness in this whole scheme, which is that you've got, you know, well-to-do middle-class people buying nice EVs, if not a Tesla, some other nice EV. And, it, and it's paid for by taxing basically working-class people in youths, you know, tradies and, and the like. And it's a sense that I think the opposition have, have are on to something where they've spotted the fact that Labour is more comfortable in the university common room than it is in the smoko room. And so, you know, they're going for the culture war stuff. They're going, hold on a minute. If you're making these guys pay so that nice, you know, middle-class people can have nice cars, that doesn't seem Josie, very do fair. people care, though, unless you're actually going to buy a car and you're getting pinged, which is, I would say, mm. of the population, very few people, do people care? I think they're starting to care because they start to look around and go, hold on a minute, you know, I'm worried about climate change. I want something done. But what are the most effective things to do? But also, who's paying? And I think that's a conversation that we haven't had. We haven't had a conversation about basically the deindustrialization of New Zealand, you know, the closure of um, potential closure of steel or aluminium or methanex because you're banning oil and gas. Yeah. Now, we should be able to talk about that without being called a climate change delayer or denier. Um, the question is who pays? And I think people start to worry. And then you risk losing the social licence doing something about climate change and transitioning off oil and gas. So I think people do care. Claire, what do you think? Well, I think the scheme has more than enough what it's here to do because, and it's possibly time for it to be scrapped because if you want an EV right now, you're going to have to go on a long waiting list to get the one you want. They're so in demand that you can't actually go into a showroom and drive out in one. So that doesn't matter what the price point, whether it's one that qualifies for the rebate or whether it's one of the more expensive ones. I know somebody who's gone and put a deposit down on one that's about $135,000 and they won't get it till December. Mm. So I think the scheme is working regardless. And I think that the scheme, that the, the, um, that the rebate is well and truly overdue being scrapped. Yeah, OK, fair enough. Now, um, Claire, what do you make of Tuku Morgan saying that he, he if he's able to, once Three Waters is done and then he, he tries to prove the ownership of water by Iwi, he then wants to charge power generators for using the water in the Waikato. What do you make of that? Well, he's just turned up the heat for the election, hasn't he? Because mm. I think it's a gift, particularly to two parties. You know, New Zealand first, Winston Peters will be grabbing hold of this and already is at some of his public yeah. meetings. And perversely to Party Māori, 
and the, I'm sure that they will be equal and opposite reactions from their constituencies. And it'll, it will be a very, very interesting debate that will fire up the election. This is, I mean, actually, when you think about it as a political play, Josie, is absolutely nuts. Why would you do this if you took a Morgan? Because you just, the heat was just taken out of three waters. Everybody had kind of settled down about it. And then you just went and threw another grenade in. Yeah, but John Tamahiri and Tuku Morgan are, as Claire said, whipping up more heat because it whips up support for Te Pāti Māori. That will be their political play. I don't know whether that works for them. I'm not sure that it does because these are really big issues, right? And we haven't had the conversations, never mind Three Waters, never mind what Tuku says, who pays for upgrading the pipes, but also who has the right to use water? Is it farmers? Is it iwi? Is it power companies? Who controls it and who charges for it? We need to talk about that. Okay, listen, Claire, do normal people look at the Met Gala outfits? <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm not sure. Are you normal? You look at I'm not normal. That's why I'm outsourcing this to you. Do you look at it? You're normal. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I look, once I saw Roger Federer in his dashing um, sunglasses and just plain black suit, that was all over for me. Okay. I thought, gosh, yeah, I'm satisfied. I've seen Roger. You look great. Okay. And he looks very normal. I guess it's their form of the world of wear, wear a butt, right? You know, nobody's going to be wearing much of what we see. If you're really into it, you're into it. It's a bit of a freak show, a freaky fashion show. But you, you know, know what I think it, it is? You know, I think it's one night of the year where we're allowed to just be really judgmental and bitchy and um, you know, celebrate eating disorders. And I say that as a joke before anyone... Uh, jumps on me. Um, I love this quote from Emily Blunt who said, I'm only one stomach flew away from my goal weight. You know, it's all so dysfunctional in every possible way. It's like one night of the year where we get to behave badly and say all the wrong things. <laughs> Guys, it's good to talk to both of you. Thank you so much. Josie Pagani, our huddle this evening. Josie Pagani, current affairs commentator and Claire Delore, journalist. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.